hey, what's up? Uh, it's me, it's your girl, Helena St. Terror, and you're listening to the Unstability Podcast. Hey everybody, what's up? It's me, your girl, Helena, and this is Unstability. Holy shit, here we go, episode four. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Um, I'm here with my co-host, Odie. Hey. And today, uh, Heather will not be joining us, unfortunately, um, but we have a very special guest, um, my good friend, um, Simon Martinez. Um, hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Simon, do you want to, uh, I guess we could start by, uh, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I can do that. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Salmon. Um, I am 27. I am a former stripper, sex worker, full service otherwise, and uh, an addict, but six years almost sober off of meth and heroin. Uh, I'm a new parent. My baby's going to be 11 weeks old on Thursday. He's a little baby. <laughs> yeah, the best little baby I ever had. <laughs> and yeah, I am trans, non-binary, trans-masculine, for lack of a better uh, description of whatever is going on with my gender. Relatable. Uh, <laughs> All-round queer, just kind of here, chilling. <laughs> still here still queer still getting used to it uh yeah yeah still getting used to it still coming out every single day <laughs> nice <laughs> can i ask what your uh pronouns are yeah my pronouns are he they cool cool um so salmon is here today because uh on this episode we will be talking about trans parenthood and queer parenthood and all of the ins and outs of that and um how great all that is <laughs> um so yeah i uh i don't know i'm really grateful first of all thank you for agreeing to do this um very stoked to yeah. have you on the show um <laughs> and, stoked. Uh, yeah <laughs> sorry um <laughs> very hyped to have you here <laughs> yeah 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 very stoked to have you here. I've no, I really. Uh, this is not a topic I hear done a lot on podcasts, let alone just talked about in the queer community in general. And I think that um, just through knowing you and talking to you, I feel like you have some very unique experiences um, that I would really love to um, get into. Um, you know, as much as you'd like. Um, and I guess to kind of maybe qualify myself like I'm trans but like I have always kind of viewed myself as someone who was never really interested in having kids um for a lot of my life but I don't know I've found like the older I get and uh particularly the more that I dig into doing estrogen <laughs> um, the more that I feel this like weird maternal instinct kicking in so yeah. I don't know maybe that's like a character arc of mine that's developing or something I just feel myself at least leading towards adopting someday um yeah. so you know, it comes with time it... for some people definitely <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's relatable I'm the person who literally like went to Planned Parenthood for the first time when I was 12 and was like I never want kids and I was 15 I was like take out my uterus you know and like <laughs> just like always like I don't want kids and like opposite for me the more testosterone I have in my body <laughs> and the older I what I think it honestly is though is the more stability I gain and the yeah, more yeah, that yeah. I get to shed the idea that I would be a mother because the concept of being a mother I think is what's squicked mm. me out and I'm sure we'll talk about this yeah. but yeah. the idea of being a dad I'm like that feels cool like right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay feels with so that right. yeah, yeah I don't know if I will just because of like financial capitalist you know whatever reasons but sure, um, sure. Yeah, the switch, yeah. I think. And I don't know if it's the same for you of being open to parenthood is like not having to be like, I'm going to be a mom. <laughs> I mean, I didn't definitely didn't want kids like growing up. I thought it was like super disgusting. Like I was just <laughs> like, I don't like, I mean, I grew up in the church. So the way yeah. I saw mothers was just like very self-sacrificial. And yeah. I saw, like, fathers the same way. Like, you know, I saw them, like, having to be pushed into these really heavy roles around their children. And yeah. I thought 
that was really gross, even though I thought kids in general were kind of pleasant. I was just like, that seems totally like not an option. And I think I'm just an animal person. <laughs> um, after my brother and his wife had their first kid, uh, I was 17. And that's when I started seeing kind of how parenthood could be a little bit different. Is I mean, they're cis, but they're just like a little bit more non-traditional. My brother was a stay-at-home dad on and off for years. And oh, wow, cool. His wife was like the main moneymaker. So they got to like swap standard gender roles. And even just yeah. that made me feel better. I was just like, oh, so things don't have to be exactly the way we were raised. Yeah. And at that point, I was thinking I would probably adopt kids because the idea of having one was still just very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe when I'm like 40 and I've traveled the world. <laughs> I feel like that's like the magic number things. for so many people. <laughs> I was like, I'll probably be like stable and like have been in therapy for hopefully a really long time. <laughs> and maybe have like a little bit of money and 40 would be great. And yeah. the number slowly kept decreasing with each uh, mm. kid my brother had. The next kid, I was like, oh, 30. These things are 39. I one at 30. <laughs> and then they had their third, which it's their third and last. Uh, and I was holding her. And in the pictures, you could see this unhinged look on my face. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm oh my God. make one. <laughs> now you're like, before 30, I will be. <laughs> I was bent on it. I was even to the point enough where, like, I my like toxic ex and like we could all say our exes are toxic i guess that's mm. like over descriptive but i am the toxic ex <laughs> i am also the toxic <laughs> isn't ex, everyone the toxic I, yeah yeah, yeah. i'm like... definitely people's toxic ex but my most recent toxic ex you know he kept offering to have a baby and i kept just being like no because i don't think we're gonna stay together and then eventually i was like so like biologically driven to have a kid i was just like how about we have a baby but it'll just be my baby like could you do that oh, for yeah. me like how do you we could just have one and then it'll just be mine and i could just do my thing and the answer is obviously no but <laughs> <laughs> i also thought i couldn't have kids i have several autoimmune disorders mm. and some very uh sus symptoms with my body that made it seem like i couldn't have kids including like very unstable periods mm. and stuff like that. So I pretty much was just thinking I would adopt when I could. Um, I spent a lot of time hanging out with other people's kids, pretty much inserting myself into other people's family dynamics whenever I could, even to the <laughs> point where it was like negative. It would be people that just wanted me to be like their babysitter and slash third. And I'd just be like, yeah, I'm okay with this because I want to hang out with your kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the slip in of slash third i'm sorry <laughs> just yeah no that's, that's me it's I'm, no yeah it happens it was the uh, resident thing made for many people but <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know and i also wanted that non-standard family dynamic so it was really like yeah, yeah. really just the next step for me i was just like oh maybe if i can't have kids or i'm not in a position to where i can like really partner up with someone to you know, biologically have my own, don't have enough money for adoption and all these things. It just kind of made sense to jump into other people's like marriages and kids. Yeah. And it just makes less sense now with how infrequently that worked out in my favor. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ended up getting pregnant by accident um, a week before I was going to start testosterone. Huh. <laughs> so that was... Uh, <laughs> you manifested <laughs> that for yourself, bestie. <laughs> I did. I really did because, like, obviously, I could, like, you know, put down my fertility levels potentially, but I just didn't think it was going to happen. And it happened all of a sudden. And I, like, before I even told really anybody, I, like, called my doctor and was just like, cancel my appointment. And he was just like, why? Do you want to reschedule? And I was like, I'm pregnant. He was like, I could hear his eyes widen. Like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, okay, um, sounds good. I guess you can make another appointment in nine to 10 odd months. It's just like, okay. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't actually sure. And this is like a thing that, you know, you can't always talk about, but I wasn't sure right off the bat if I was going to keep the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. I was making all the steps 
to keep it but still wasn't entirely sold on it for a myriad of reasons you know i'm like pretty poor and did want to start testosterone and you know get top surgery and all these things that i knew i would have to put on pause yeah. And my partner and I had also only been dating for about six months, mm-hmm. which was not in like my wheelhouse of ideas for how I would conceive a child. Yeah. And, you know, I talked to some friends about it. I talked to hell, you know, had the fun. I even like did some small talk in the conversation first for like 20 <laughs> minutes. And then oh, yeah. I was like, so what's I... up with you? And I was like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I will never forget that conversation, mind you. I was at I was working from home and I'm just sitting here like, you know, putzing around in Photoshop or whatever the fuck. And <laughs> this boy is <laughs> like so <laughs> I did a thing, you know, that sort of energy. Um, <laughs> the most millennial energy on earth. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. a thing. I'm pregnant. Yes. <laughs> Chugi. I made a thing. Yeah. It's at least one thing at this point. It was uh, seven weeks at that point. So, you know, it's a thing. Yeah. A thing. <laughs> and I called a couple other people. I called my sister in law, did the same song and dance where I talked for like 20 minutes about, like, mm-hmm. you know, how everyone was doing and like the fucking weather before being like, <laughs> I'm pregnant. Should I have an abortion? And, like, none of my friends would tell me to have an abortion, which was really what I was looking for. I needed someone to tell me what to do. I was really scared. I felt like I wasn't responsible enough. And nobody would tell me what to do. Everyone took the uh, obvious and better route of being, like, your body, your choice. (laughs) And I didn't want that. I didn't want it to be my body or my choice at that point i was terrified and my partner did the same thing you know zero pressure on their end they were just like yeah i mean i think i'm ready to have a kid and i think i could do this with you or if you think we're not ready you know we could do the other route and i was just so mad (laughs) for like four days i was just like why is this why is no one telling me what to do like i need someone to sit me down and hold my hand and be like this is our itinerary (laughs) Yeah, like gonna... this is a huge life changing decision. I don't want to make. <laughs> I did. Can something wanted... just happened to me. <laughs> yeah, I just needed something to happen, and I just ended up like thinking about it. I even went into Planned Parenthood to check to see mm-hmm. how long I had to make the decision because it's different in every state. And yeah. I went in there, and they were just like, "Oh, do you want to schedule?" And I like was like, "I don't think so." And I wish conservatives could see the interaction I had that the Planned Parenthood people were the ones that talked me out of getting an abortion. Yeah. yeah. Because I was in there bawling and yeah. talking about how badly I wanted to be a parent and how mm-hmm. scared I was. And they were in there going, it looks like you don't want to have this done. And, yeah. before, <laughs> and there are we, resources like before, to have yeah. a kid. Before so, you continue, can I, sure. if you don't mind sharing, what state do you... Oh, well, at that point, I was living in Washington State. So okay, their okay. Uh, cap, if anyone is interested in living in Washington, is 16 weeks. So that's actually pretty okay. high. So yeah. that is pretty good for people because a lot of people don't find out they're pregnant for a pretty long time, which could be yeah. uh, very difficult if you have a low abortion cap in your state and you just find yeah. out you could very well already be over the cap. Yeah, and I just kind of want to contextualize it for people a little bit, sure. just, you know, um, but yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's freaking, they talked me out of it really easily. It took two seconds. So because I didn't want to have an abortion, I wanted to have a kid. I just needed someone to tell me I could do it. And even though all my friends were telling me that I could do it if I wanted to, it like wasn't enough. I like yeah. needed an authority figure and <laughs> didn't want to tell my parents because I didn't want to talk to them about how I decided to have an abortion. If that were to be the route, because they already knew I had one before and it's just yeah, it wasn't my favorite conversation. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> but yeah, so I ended up I took like a picture about thirty minutes after I took the pregnancy test and my face is red and swollen and you can tell I've been mm-hmm. crying and I just look awful. And then I took a picture after I decided to keep the pregnancy and I didn't really have pregnancy glow the whole time, but in that moment my face was lit the fuck up 
Yeah. And I looked so good and so happy. And I love looking at those two pictures and just kind of seeing where I was and how I knew pretty quickly, even that, even if it was going to be hard and I had no idea how hard it would be that I made the right decision in that moment. Nice. So, so how do you feel today? <laughs> I feel I'm a little bit tired. just a little bit tired i woke up and before i got in the shower i like pounded a cold brew nice so i feel i feel all right but i'm a little bit tired i haven't even during postpartum and i had horrible postpartum depression and rage and still definitely have the depression aspect never for a second actually regretted Mm -hmm. keeping the pregnancy or having my baby whose name is nomi um they're amazing and I was really happy to be a parent even in the worst of my depression what I wanted to do was I mean like content warming like on a live myself I didn't want to not be a parent and I was really prepared to not want to be a parent because it's very common in postpartum and something that's not talked about you want to give your baby away you want to run away you want your old life back all these really common and normal feelings to have when your life makes this huge change. And I didn't want my old life back when I think about it. I was like, I don't want that piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) That was bad. I don't want to do that. (laughs) But (laughs) the idea of just not being here was definitely pleasant, especially you get in your head and you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to mess this kid up. Like how am I supposed to teach this little thing? Emotional regulation and, you know, uh, like self-control and all these things that I might not know how to do. Mm. (laughs) But but the fact that you even consider that, like my take on it is like, if you're even worried about being a bad parent and you're even worried about being a good enough parent, like you're going to do great. Yeah. You know what I mean though? Like (laughs) it's a good start. It's like a super good start. And I feel a lot better about it most days. Uh, Once I started taking meds, honestly, is when it evened out because before it was pretty much every day and I've taken care of babies before. So, you know, I know how to do the basic stuff, but she would like cry when I changed their diaper and uh, we're using all pronouns for this baby. So (laughs) that was something else I wanted to talk about actually. Yeah. Talking about like being a trans parent. You know what I mean? Like how that will manifest into letting your child like, you know, not be pigeonholed into cis and heteronormativity. In our minds, like myself and my partner, and we're both non-binary, like we're raising them gender defiant. (laughs) Like, (laughs) love that. Like they can pretty much go whichever way it takes them. Like, you know, with clothing expressions, pronouns, names, any of it. And I'm really curious to see what that'll freaking look like because in my childhood pictures i like exclusively wore my brother's hand-me-downs for financial reasons but also Mm -hmm. it became a comfort thing and in the pictures where i'm wearing you know more feminine clothing i look very uncomfortable and really bad i have like a Mm -hmm. baseball cap on and like a freaking yellow polo in my sixth birthday picture and my parents made me put a princess crown over my hat and I'm wearing like a pink feather boa over my (laughs) yellow polo (laughs) a a look and a vibe I was gonna say just sounds very gay yeah Yeah, I didn't know it then that I was just a gay boy but everyone around me knew my friends from like middle school on were always just like you're kind of like a gay boy and I'd be like no (laughs) it's giving drag king (laughs) yeah I'm really excited to see where it takes them because I think I would have come out when yeah. I was really young, if I had the option, I think a lot of trans people feel the same way. Yeah, I uh, think back on it a lot. And I think if I had been given, I, I can remember instances when I was just like 12 or 13, and I had no language for it, but just something felt off. And I was yeah. like, you know, I think I'd rather do that. But it was just like, there was no space for that. There was no exactly. nothing. So, you know, that's no. the thing. Like, I remember always thinking, like, I'm not a girl. Like, Th- that always made my skin crawl like yeah. having girlhood or like 
um that's not ladylike because i Mm. i would spit or something like that and like that stuff (laughs) always just felt so like skin crawl to me but yeah there wasn't any language for that and like i had a really rare experience with my sexuality though like i never had to come out to my parents and it would be so cool and it sounds like this is the you know experience your kid will get to have they're not gonna have to come out about their gender they'll just be whoever they are right yeah just be like oh my god it's so cool to see who you are you know and (laughs) if they're the kind of gay that likes to come out because i know that's the thing where you want like the drama and like the fanfare (laughs) being like oh my gosh like i'm so happy for you like whatever whatever they want whether they want it to be just casual like they're having crushes on every type of kid or none at all or if they want to sit down and come out and have a party oh my gosh i know we talk about that all the time we like I make can... jokes. They're actually jokes, but they sound like not jokes to some straight people who have heard them. When like they're just like, what if they're straight? Or like, what if they like football? You're just like, ah, <laughs> oh, we could just have another. Yeah, I try my harder. If we have kids, they would probably be jocks, you know. Because like, I'm like, you know what? That that's great. Yeah, <laughs> I. But in all serious, like I would go to every game and you know wear freaking their jersey and. You know, I don't know, learn about straight people (laughs) 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 and really do the research and get into the literature. Yeah. Make sure I could be the best parent I could be. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, like for me, like it was really cool, though, like not having to be like, oh, I like a girl. You know what I mean? It's like I just got to like whoever I liked and like no one ever made a big deal of it or acted like it was odd. I can't like, imagine that. That's so yeah. amazing. <laughs> Which, like, my dad was weird when he thought my brother was gay because that was his only son. And, like, sure. what, that some time and he got over it and then turns. So my brother told me he was gay when he was 10. Turns oh. out it was a prank, but I believed it for, like, over 10 years. <laughs> oh, shit. And so I was, like, because he wasn't dating anybody or whatever. So I was, like, trying to, like, talk my dad into, like, not being weird about it. And then I told my brother, I was, like, dad's okay with you being gay. And, like, my dad was dying at the time. And my brother's, like, wait, hold on. I'm not gay, actually. And I was, like, you told me you were gay when you were 10. He's, like, oh, I was just messing with you because, like, all my, oh my friends God. were gay back then. And, like, he'd pretend to have a crush on my friend Michael and stuff like that. And, like, <laughs> I mean, like, has a girlfriend he lives with now. And he's, like, not homophobic at all like he's always been the most accepting of me and like it's my new name changes and pronouns like that but he's just like oh my god you got dad to accept that I was gay and I'm not Mm -hmm. even gay I think our brothers would get along that sounds like something my brother would 100% do and also (laughs) pull for a decade (laughs) like I've never been actually years he had no idea I was still being pranked but I was like still being pranked Oh my Yo, god. that is so funny. The best break. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my, my point gosh. is, is like, yeah, for a kid to not have to come out, you know, to just be able to like whoever they like or like be able to be like, oh, hey, I want to go by this name now. And to like have a parent be like, okay, cool. Like, that's something I remember. I remember like my, you know, you, you get parents sometimes when you change your name that are like attached to the name they gave you. And oh, my so parents yeah, hated it. A, it was like I came out again. It was like I came out all over again. They were livid. <laughs> yeah my parents uh still really struggle with that and it's like with my stepdad I can almost forgive him because he just has bad memory and can't get anyone's name right any like at all ever sure. but like with my mom and like my dad it's just like very deliberate like they just don't you know and ugh. anyway it's a whole thing um I am excited though to see how Nomi develops and like what they choose as their gender and I don't know I've just been sitting here thinking of the idea of like having an older kid have their own gender reveal party or something just seems Aww. like so dope to me I thought about having a gender <laughs> reveal party for myself for my parents I thought oh, about it a lot I was gonna do an it's a boy party I still think about it it's still I, in my list of considerations for coming out I co-signed this idea Okay, are you gonna start a forest on fire contaminate a water supply just, with yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably, <laughs> if i live in the forest i'll probably go with a, a statewide forest fire nice. <laughs> but I, was, I was thinking cutting open a cake and then like pink and blue like skittles or something spilling out and then there being like bam <laughs> and i was gonna sit and walk them inside the house with the powerpoint and make them watch me do my presentation. But um, <laughs> I'm excited to see if my kid changes their name. Very curious to see that because I know a lot of cis people who hate their name 
and, yeah. you know, don't yeah. identify with it and never have and either want to change it or do end up changing it. And I encourage every cis person I talk to because when I first changed my name, I like a lot of people immediately were just like, I want to change my name. And I don't yeah. feel the same way as you that it's like locked into gender identity and especially yeah. a lot of really typically masculine you know, cis het men that I knew were just like, I hate my name. And yeah. <laughs> they even had another name they had already thought of. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot from cis het men too, where like, you know, they're like, oh, your name's, your name's really cool. Did your parents give you that name? And I'm like, no, I actually, you know, renamed myself completely a couple of times. And they're like, oh, I wish I could do that. And I have to be like, hey, wait, let's tear down that wall. You can do that. You can literally, yeah. it's your name. You have to hear it and be called it every day. Yes. You can choose what you want people to call you. It's not just because I'm trans that I get to do that. Yeah. Like, it's like, name is people. like, name is, a name is like a gift, a lot of people say. And I actually agree with that in the sense that when you give someone a gift, you typically include a gift receipt. And yeah. they're fully allowed to exchange it for something that better suits their needs if you didn't get them the gift that's best for them. And, you know, you're not supposed to be offended if someone exchanges your gift for something else. Like, it's still, you know, literally the thought that counts yeah. in that sense. And, I mean, my parents are really upset about it, which is so funny because they actually professed be way before I changed my name to hating my name. <laughs> they so were ridiculous. like they couldn't agree on a name so they landed on the most boring name they could possibly pick that was super <laughs> biblical instead of either of like the cool-ish names they had come up with and yeah. that's so relatable actually <laughs> my father had my father hated the name my mother wanted to give me so my sister's name is navarre which is like a small town she was conceived in huh. and so then my mother wanted to continue the trend and name me after a small town in texas odessa oh. and you'll that think odie been... odessa interesting right okay yeah. So my father was like, that's fucking hideous. Like, my name was supposed to be Odessa Monet. And my dad was like, that is so ugly. I hate it. And then picked, like, I'm not even going to say what it was, but, like, picked the most horrible, boring name with, like, the most, like, white trash-sounding middle name. And so it was just, like, awful. And I hate I changed my name for the first time when I was, like, 10. My sister went to the psych ward and made a friend in there with a name that was slightly different from mine that I thought was cool. And I was like, I'm going by that now. Yeah. <laughs> like I went by that until I was in my early 20s. And then I changed it again. And then like I ended up changing it. So my brother asked if he could have my name. My mom wanted to give me Odessa and named his cat that. Aww. And then it got shortened to Odie and he was calling her Odie. And Aww. then um, she unfortunately passed away. And I was like, can I have my name back? But as the Odie version. And he was like, yeah, you can have your name back. And so I just took back the name that was like the more masculine version of the name that was supposed to be my name. Because like my mom was right and my dad was totally wrong. That yeah. is like both so tactile that the name was handed off through like a life and death phase. Yeah, And that, that. that's so, so, so trans feels that it's the masculine <laughs> version of the name you almost had. Right. So good. <laughs> my name, my like chosen name sounds a little bit like my uh, redacted name. Like mm, it yeah. says similar syllables. I thought that would make it a little bit easier on my parents, which it didn't, but you know. My brother even yeah. said it made it harder. He's really accepting. He's good with all that. But, you know, it is like a little bit of a hump that took a second. But mm. it didn't take that long. He's all good. But he was just like, you should have named yourself something completely different that sounded nothing like your other name. So it's easier. <laughs> and then his example was Flash. And I was just like, I was like, how many non-binary people do you know that you managed to pick? <laughs> such an aggressively non-binary name and he also yeah, knows yo. that i can't run without getting an asthma attack so i don't know <laughs> that sounds like the most non-binary jock with a backwards baseball cap like my name's flash carrot and you're just like okay flash carrot <laughs> it's it was great so it was it was good i really i would love it if my kids changed their name and i'm obsessed with their name we thought about it really hard they have two middle names uh we actually we didn't know that nomi was a really common name in the philippines so that's cool we named them after uh the trans hacker character in sensate the yes. netflix show yeah yes. <laughs> 
So yes. I don't know. We thought really hard about it, but if they were to change your name, I'd be so stoked. I'd be so stoked to just see it. And if they changed your name a million times, I'd be so stoked. I don't know yeah. if like y'all read the book Star Girl. Like I it was like my favorite book as a kid. It was like published probably in like two thousand two. Uh, Jerry Spinelli work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, I, have, I have that last name. <laughs> yeah. Which I okay, it. I want to on the record real quick. As my name is Odie Spinelli, I just cleared up. I did not get Odie from Garfield. Right, like it was fated to be. Everyone's always like, "Oh, like I'm Garfield," and I'm like, mm, "It is not." Is <laughs> that dog's name Otis? His name's Odie. Oh. It's Odie. <laughs> okay. And if you go to Odie Spinelli on Instagram, there's a dog named Otis Spinelli that it has my hand. My name is their handle. And I'm thinking about like buying it from them because it just feels wrong. But people yeah. always think that my name is from Garfield. I will confess that my last name is from Reese House. <laughs> okay. 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 It started out as a joke as like the name I was using on Facebook. And then it just like stuck. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. That was like for a long time. I mean, I've been kind of like in your orbit following your pages yeah, for like a really long been, time now. We've been mutuals kind of for a long time. We just haven't really talked much. That's that's me with most people on the internet. I just mm-hmm. kind of like follow them and love them and their yep. content from we like a orbit. distance. But yep. I'm just like, I know so many things about like, you know, various people's trauma and childhoods, but like I've never seen like like right. their legs. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't weird. know what your voice sounds like, but that, I know the worst thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, that summarizes weird Facebook so hard. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. to uh touch a little bit on some of the information i had pulled from some of these articles please, and... keep me keep me focused please feel no, free yeah, to just like grab totally... my reins no, no, no. and yank. let me let me <laughs> <laughs> i no comment but it <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a different episode if you ask me <laughs> time off the record i uh, um but yeah i uh no i you i would i will say that you actually did touch on pretty much all of the points that i wanted to get into with you so thank you um for sure and um i did want to talk a little bit about this stuff just because so i was looking into it and there's you know uh, largely because of a lot of the bills we're seeing being passed in different states and stuff and like presented. Um, there's like an overwhelming amount of information online about, you know, LGBTQ plus children, right? Mm, yes. um, there's not a lot of information out there for parents, though, um, yeah. or research and things like that. So I found a yeah. few things. I'm definitely going to leave all of these links in the show notes. There's one article in particular that's by uh, Esme. Um, that has a lot of really, really great resources in it that I highly encourage everyone to check out. Um, there's also an org called um, Collage, which I don't want to butcher the acronym, but essentially it's like a coalition of gay parents <laughs> um, that's like international uh, or national, sorry, um, in the US, which I think is just super spectacular. But um, out of the research that was done um, from these articles I found and from, from different um, orgs and stuff, um, largely um, LGBTQ parents that were open with their children um, had very positive experiences with this. So hearing you talk about this, um, you know, Part of me is curious to, I guess, know if you have thought about how you would strategize coming out to your kid. But part of me, just through knowing you, kind of feels like it would be such a like organic thing. So I don't know if you want to speak to that at all. Like, if you I, yeah, I would love to. It's actually, it's actually really hard because myself and my partner weren't able to find housing in Washington. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we did the whole spending hundreds of dollars on application fees and Mm -hmm. we're getting nothing. And we had, uh, two people whom we're really close to that we're going to end up moving in with, you know, later, but 
we were all trying to get a house together. Um, everyone had great credit, but me, everyone had a clean background, but me. And it really seemed like I was the one making us not being able to be accepted to these homes. And I even got my dad to agree to co-sign at one point, which is used to be the golden ticket. If mm-hmm. you could have like a stable, yeah. you know, financial person, like yeah. co-sign yeah. that used to mean you could get into whatever, even if you had yeah. zero income. And yeah. I guess it doesn't mean that anymore. No, landlords are getting worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> housing is not. terribly <laughs> scary. It was yeah. horrible. And I like was, a- I was asking people what was holding it back. Cause I was really curious. I was like, Oh, just, you know, for my future applications, I would love to know uh, what made it unappealing to you. And mm. the responses were pretty much always that I had a few, like I had a couple theft charges, mm. petty theft, both happening like seven years apart, almost both happening when oh I was God. homeless at different points yeah. in my life. How dare you be homeless and poor? Let's make sure that you stay homeless <laughs> and poor. Like, yeah. yeah like- it was- <laughs> And it was for such a little charge. And it's so crazy that you're not like treated like a person. Cause if I was able to explain either of those things, it would be like, Oh yeah, I got arrested in Arizona, you know, a few months ago at that point, a few months ago for stealing a five gallon jug of water and like some soup and crackers. Right. <laughs> and the cop even Literally, was mad yeah. when the Walmart people called him in, he was like, you guys called me in here for this. <laughs> And he was like mad, like that was like you know a cab, but that was a nice moment that at least he was upset. But he still wrote me up and arrested me anyway. So again, a cab. <laughs> yeah. Emphasis on the a cab. Like, how dare you? How wait? You need water to live. How dare you? Uh, Keep the water. Take water. They let me leave and put the water in my car because it was my jug. I was like, do you guys want me to go outside and dump out this water? Because this is my jug from my campsite. That's crazy. You refilled a water jug. Yeah, I refilled my water jug. Yo, that's so crazy. (sighs) It was was rough. Oh my God. It was rough, but they actually, I think, might have dropped the warrant recently because I managed to get hired for a job and I like did that thing where you can get your background check sent to you. And it came back, like, with no warrant. So Hmm. that should be cool because I never, like, served any time for it. Like, I was supposed to go do something, and I ended up getting too sick and having to leave Arizona and come home to Washington. And it was, like, I don't know where I was going with this originally. Oh, couldn't find housing in Washington. Um, Yeah, so it wasn't even in my thought that I would have to come out to my kid. You know, I haven't been in the closet since I was a kid I came out when I was 15 Mm. um and really my parents are the only people I'm not out to I tell everyone else very openly and my parents have actually been present when I've discussed gender identity with my brother and sister-in-law so I'm not even technically in the closet to them they just need a more direct approach yeah yeah and that's the thing about when you're raising a kid when you're already out and like living in your truth right is like it's a little different than like if you come out later so like you have the opportunity to get to raise your child with like a more open understanding of what gender is you know what I mean and like stuff Mm -hmm. like that so like you'll more probably have to explain like the rest of the world sometimes works like this and that's not necessarily right you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm interested yeah. to like explain bodies to them too, because I mean, we fully believe in like teaching kids about their body parts and like the proper yeah. names and stuff. And yeah. I would be really surprised if my kid didn't see me naked on several occasions. And, you know, we'll be talking about like what to like different bodies and how like people ascribe like gender to different body types Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what that means and like it's really weird we had to move back in with my parents which I understand is like a privilege on its own to have that fail safe that we had somewhere to go but now I'm kind of living in this world where they're calling me mom all the time and I haven't really been able to work up the courage to be like that's not me that's never been me that's not going to be me if anyone's yeah. going to be mom, it's going to be my partner. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And right now, we were just calling each other by our names to the baby, and my partner's mm-hmm. still doing that. They're mm-hmm. still not really sold on what name they want to take on. I think mm-hmm. I'm kind of the elder trans in this situation, so they're definitely, we- like, leaning on my lead. 
Yeah, yeah. Which is like, it's fine. It's hard being out here, you know, with no IRL support from the trans community. And I know my baby isn't really super versed in language yet. So I'm not really too concerned that my parents are just like, there's your mom. It's more about me at this point. I feel gross. I feel weird. It feels like they're just saying something incorrect. No, yeah, because yeah. oh, they are. And they <laughs> are, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, they are saying something incorrect. So silly. And the thing is, is I think, I think I should probably do it sooner than later because they accidentally, they, them, my partner, all the time. We both exclusively use they pronouns with each other, almost exclusively, mm-hmm. and like because I use he him as well. But my parents, you know misgender my partner neither of us had told them our pronouns so i have like some forgiveness on that front but also if someone's constantly using different pronouns than you use like you know if you're like they theming someone and everyone else is like she hurting them there's probably a point where you should be like hey what are your pronouns like which one of us is doing it wrong yeah like but yeah so but they like have been they theming my partner a little bit just because everyone else does so it's like an accident. I've had one talk with my dad about they, them pronouns in 2020, and it was very unfortunate. It was all the points you'd expect about incorrect yeah. grammar and, you know, the only two genders are penis and vagine. And <laughs> <laughs> all the things. God. But And my mom, they, thems, and he, him's my baby. <laughs> and I don't think that's intentional inclusivity either. I think that's yeah. just because they're picking up that we do. And every time my mom does, she's like, oops, I'm sorry. Like, and I'm always just and you're like, like, not oops, not oops, I, like, yeah. not oops, not sorry. It's fine. Like, this yeah. is a baby. You can just all pronouns everything for now. Like, yeah. It's a step. <laughs> this baby doesn't care about, like, any of that. This baby is just no. like, I shit myself. I <laughs> want you to look at me and play music. Uh, pick me up and snuggle me. It's too hot in here. Yeah. Like this, <laughs> yeah. this is the last of their concerns at this moment. But yeah, it's weird having to be in the closet again. It's very weird and very gross. Ten out of yeah. ten would not recommend. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's a clip. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I you know, a lot of the research I look at, um from what was reported from most of the families that participated in these studies and and things like that were just that internally it was fine for everyone and a lot of the stressors came from external messaging you know uh which may or may not have even been directly related like family or things like that but things like messaging from the news from like social media just things even just seeing straight culture like you don't see representation and it makes it confusing to be looking upon you know your parental figure as something you've never seen before yeah um and uh, what a lot of the research has suggested is like you know having this sort of honesty um and openness of communication with your kid you know kind of just uh, inevitably like leads to better relationships right because it's like whether your kid eventually comes out as queer or trans or anything like or straight or straight or whatever yeah like you know it's like they at least feel like you are able to have honest dialogue with them and so they are able to do that for anything else they need to come out about too like is it you know I've started smoking weed or I have a friend who, you know, is interested in me trying drugs with them. Am I interested in sex? Like, I need birth control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like any of those things like are so important for them to be able to say, like, I want to slash I'm going to do this thing. Which yeah. is pretty much how kids and teenagers will approach it. It's not so much of an ask as much as it is like a statement. Yeah. How can you help me to do this safely? Like, and I definitely want us to have that relationship. Yeah. Um, another, uh, unsurprisingly, but another element that leads to, you know, positive um, outcomes with 
coming out or with just LGBTQ parents in general is having proper community support, but not just in the form of other people, but like legislation too, mm. you know, mm. um, because obviously these stressors, <laughs> I mean, like if you're in a group that's being targeted, then like you're not going to have the wherewithal to like properly show up for your day to day, right? Like sure. you're facing like this daily kind of oppression and like stress from that. So like, you know, ultimately... What a lot of the research says is that we can all thrive um, and also that we're very diverse groups of people, you know, like, um, but that at the end of the day, what we need is community support, whether that looks like emotional, financial, therapeutic, like whatever kind of support, like, and it's, it's funny, I was reading through all this research and stuff, and it kind of just had me thinking, like, you know, all of this, I think that they're like, tries to be such a different picture of queer and trans parents painted as like this other group right we're all just people and like mm-hmm. i was like reading through all this stuff and i'm like well yeah i mean of course we thrive in these situations like everybody fucking thrive everybody does when they have a supportive like family system it's or like so support weird. System, like supportive legislation support like financial stability like all this stuff it's like yes of course you're gonna be a good parent like or have all the tools like why is this surprising research <laughs> says you need your but basic it, needs matt and to not it, be further marginalized i got yeah, exactly. this article while i was pregnant because you know i was getting all parenting articles and it was yeah. like studies <laughs> show that millionaires are more likely to have multiples meaning multiple kids and it was just i'm always just like yep we needed a study to tell us that like yeah you can afford to yeah freaking really like is having five kids easier when you have money and health that's so interesting when you're paying someone else to raise like what even if you like are a present parent which feels unlikely at you know the exorbitantly wealthy level like even if you are just having someone to help you like you could pay someone to watch your kids while you go grocery shopping by yourself or i mean there's yeah. been like several days in a row where i couldn't poop by myself because well, yeah, i had to like, hold the baby on my lap and just having like that extra time like or they get help in other areas like i used to be a house cleaner and oh. i cleaned for millionaires and even when like it was a stay-at-home mom slash wife who would be home with the kid like she wasn't having to do any of the other responsibilities because she was paying us the help yes. to do it, right? And even if you do some <laughs> of them, like let's say you do the dishes, but if you're not having to do like your floors and just general deep cleaning and you know whatever else like that's huge any bit of help is huge and having the money to know that like if you get sick anything will be fine like i can't just imagine how much healthier and at peace your mindset is knowing that if something were to happen you'd be set like, <laughs> yeah no for i ever knowing that feeling is out of my grasp <laughs> <laughs> yeah where they do that at <laughs> like honestly um i guess uh in closing you know do you have any thoughts that you would want to share with any trans people that are out there that are either contemplating having kids or maybe you know that are in the process of like pregnancy but grappling with their identity uh, as far as gender and things like that like anything of that nature sure um one thing i'd like to say to trans parents in particular since we're more likely to be affected by the things i'm about to mention but i mean also just people who want to have kids is that if you genuinely want to i think you should and that's not really a common thought like people Mm. think you could be too disabled or too poor and it really doesn't matter it's likely that myself and my partner will pass down dual autism adhd to any of the kids we have neither of us have money or come from a place of money and you don't really have to find yourself at the most stable point to have a kid it's you know it's good you should be in a like as good of a point as you can be but if you're looking for a perfect point it may never happen And if it's really weighing on your heart and it's something you think you can do consciously and kindly and lovingly, I think you should do it. (laughs) I think it's beautiful. And I think more trans people having kids can like really change the way people think about us. And especially, you know, it goes both ways for like 
you know, trans women and trans men, but just speaking from my own perspective, you know, seeing pregnant trans men, especially people who are, we're on testosterone and are like post-op, like this is a huge thing to kind of change the way people see pregnancy and to kind yeah. of defeminize it as just something our bodies are doing and not something that's like making us hyper womanly. And then like, mm-hmm. I say this as a joke, but I mean it kind of seriously too. The most manly thing I've ever done was have a baby. That shit was tough. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that shit was hard as fuck. <laughs> and I don't know. I just, I think people should do it. And it would be easier if we had more support from communities and financially. And if marriage equality was a thing, if you could get married and keep your disability, all this yeah. stuff. So I get that just yeah. doing it comes from a certain point of privilege. But Mm -hmm. if what's keeping you is societal pressures, maybe think about it. Think about if it's something that just like every other aspect of your life, you've had to say, fuck you, society, an aspect to your gender and sexuality and, you know, potentially even like your race or your tax bracket. You just have to say, fuck you again and do it another time. Mm -hmm. Right on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing all of your experience with us, uh, your perspective. Um, I definitely want to just throw this out there. I plan to have you on the show again <laughs> sometime down the line. Hopefully Heather will be able to join us, but I definitely want to do a follow-up with you. I'm excited. Um, hopefully my voice will be deeper. We'll see. Yeah. Oh my God. Mine too. It can be a competition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mine will be higher because I talk like Just this. have like an octave drop contest or something. Just like, That's yeah. just called being gay, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I have the testosterone like mixed with vocal fry that I do. Oh my well, God. that's the thing. Like, I, I, you know, I have about two years on and off tea, and like my voice has dropped a lot. But like, still, the way that I, I talk, you know voice. what I mean? I love your voice. I've like trailed off listening to you talk and like looking at you several times, and just been like, listen, listen to what everyone's saying. <laughs> so good. That's like my favorite compliment of all time, honestly. So like, oh, thank you. Perfect way to end this. I love both of you. Me getting flattered and blushing. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, so in closing, I just want to remind everyone that we do have a ton of material you can read over that will be in our show notes, um, some really great resources in there for any, uh, LGBTQI, uh, parents, um, and particularly things, uh, I found some great stuff about like people that are going through custody battles and like things like that too. So I'll be sure to share all of these links. Um, and, uh, yeah, Salmon, thank you so much for being on the show. And thanks uh, for thanks, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. This was so much fun. Yeah, tune in next time.